us and everything that you do. And thank you that you, you're willing to provide and that in everything that you do, God, you have our best at heart. And God, in that, that you want the best from us as well. So Father, we just thank you for, for everything that you do and we just want to love you in this time and worship you as we, as we were before by giving you some of what we've got and what you've already given to us. Amen. Rad. So let's pass those buckets. Uh, Jimmy G buckets. Get buckets all day. Oh man, these young bloods, they just need to get buckets. Alex, man, it's all about the buckets. You just gotta get buckets, man. It's all about buckets. It's all about the buckets. Uncle Drew, it's all about the buckets. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Scott is. So. Cool. So we're kickstarting True Love Weights tonight and to kick us off, Pastor Scott's here, so why don't we give him a warm welcome. You guys rock. You guys are awesome. I am so excited because there are people sitting in front of me that last time I wasn't at youth, you weren't here. I don't know where you were, but finally you've got your head screwed on right and you got to the right place on a Friday, so well done. That is really awesome. Now, you just need to get one other thing sorted out. In four weeks' time, you're going to have to be crashing out dead tired because you've just, five weeks' time, you're going to be crashing out dead tired because you've just done a week of camp with us, okay? So, I don't know, you guys haven't been to camp, some of you, that's okay. Some of you have, which is awesome, so you know how great it is. For others of you, you don't. Let me say this. The best way to get the most out of youth and the best way to get the most connected with the people around, the best way to actually understand who God is, is to get yourself to camp. And uh, so let me say that. It is awesome. My son will be there. He was first on surf camp when he was one day old. He was born on camp and he will be there. He will come visit. It's It's settled. Settled. Camp's not just about my babies. It's okay, my new baby will be there, it is okay, my daughter will be there, it'll be rad. Okay, I've got a lot to get through tonight, so I've got to jump in. Who's on Facebook? Most of you are on Facebook, some of you aren't. I'm on Facebook, but I'm never on Facebook. But um, one thing I see about Facebook is I still get emails and it updates me, people put posts on and then all these people hit like and... Now you get these funny faces about it where steam coming out of people's ears and red faces and upset. But I've noticed there's one post that always gets more responses than anything else on Facebook. As soon as anyone posts something like this, this is going slow for me, Caleb, so can you get that up? It should have responded. As soon as someone posts one of these things on Facebook, all of a sudden the number of likes 
sort of triple or quadruple all of a sudden because we became Facebook. It's someone on Pinterest that I don't know and I stole it offline and, and used it. As soon as we, someone becomes Facebook official, the news goes through the roof. And um, one thing I noticed when I was at school, as soon as someone started dating or as soon as someone started holding hands, all of a sudden the news went around the school pretty quickly. Um, I, I, I'm old, so I read the paper. Okay, I'm, I, I, my, I don't get my news from Facebook. I'm over 28. If you're under 28... 80% of people, sorry, 33, if you're over 33, 80% of people get their fa- news from Facebook. If I'm over, I get my news from the newspaper. Although I read my newspaper on this. And I've, I've noticed something about the newspaper. After I read the sports, I go back to the newspaper, and all the stories seem to be about who's in a relationship with who, or who's broken up with who, or who's in trouble for having sex with someone else, and all these, oh, I said sex in church. (laughs) Said it twice now. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's okay. It's okay. We can say sex in church. It's all right. It's all right. No, no, we're going to use that word tonight. Okay. Who, Who needs to giggle? Let's sort this out now. On the count of three, I'm going to say the word, and I want everyone to giggle. Did you just say orgasm? Okay, let's, let's get some giggles out of the way. Let's sort some things out here. Penis, vagina, orgasm, wank, dildo, sex, orgy, boob. Okay, okay, okay. See, there's one thing, though, that gets the attention of newspapers more than people having sex. I, I, I like the football. Tonight my team is playing. There is a rule when I'm at youth. You do not check your phone for the score and tell me at the end. It is a rule. You do not. Sorry, Lise, Cowboys are going down tonight. Out you go. Just la, la, la. Don't even talk to me. Don't even talk to me. La, 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 la. Okay, anyway, there's one, there's one thing that happens more than when people are having sex. See, one of the footballers, his name was Jason Stevens. He was a representative for Australia, played for Australia. Wow. And... Um, <laughs> You're ahead of me there, Caleb. That's all right. That's all right. And he played for Australia. He was a, a fantastic football player. Anyway, he had a bad season. He was getting interviewed at the start of the season, walking down the beach and um, talking with the, the guy from the newspaper. And they're just talking about the season, how bad it was. It was a bit boring. And then all of a sudden, they're on the beach and a girl walks past. And the conversation goes a bit quiet for a while. And then it starts turning. He starts asking me, so, so, Jason... Any girls, mate? And, and Joseph Stevens starts going, well, actually, no, there isn't. And then he says to him, I've actually made a, a pledge to not have sex till I get married. And, and he thought the, thought the conversation was over at that point, and that was a Saturday. Now, he was, he was in bed the next morning. He got a phone call at 6 a.m. from one of his friends. He's like, his friend's like, Jason, have you seen the paper? Dude, I would have had to have opened my eyes. 
to see the paper. It's 6 a.m. What are you on about? Anyway, the back page of every paper across Australia had one thing on it. Footballer says no to sex. Apparently bigger news than people having sex is people who aren't having sex. I used to walk around uni with a ring on my finger. I wasn't married. People would ask me about it. And I said, oh, it means that I'm not having sex till I get married. They were very interested in that conversation. I'll tell you more about those conversations later. But we're going to talk about this concept tonight. We're going to talk about... You can put it up now, Caleb. We're going to talk about sex. I'm not your baby, but that's very kind. Thank you. And um, so we're, we're going to have a discussion about this. I understand we get giggles and it's one of those uncomfortable things and you're in church and apparently we don't talk about this thing in church. But I'm going to guarantee one thing. There's going to be questions you've got tonight and thoughts that you've got going through your head that I'm not going to answer. I wish I could download everything that's inside me about this into your spirit. I I wish I could get it all out and I just know I'm limited for time and, and I just can't get through everything. There is so much. I recognize that everyone's in different spots in this room. Some of you are like, dude, I haven't ever seen that word before. What is it? And some of you are like, yeah. You, hurt, you look at that word and you begin to hurt. Some of you look at that word and you think about friends and the stories today at school have just been all about that. And and so I recognize we're not going to hit across the park on this one. I recognize we're not going to get there, but we're going to give a shot to actually doing something. Now, let, let me help you out with this. When I talk about sex... I'm talking about any form of genital touching or exposure, okay? So we're not just talking intercourse, we're talking genital touching, exposure on this one, just so you've got a definition of that. Who's done sex ed at school? Who hasn't done sex ed at school? Sexual education. Who? You do it in year nine. So some of you haven't done that yet. Some of you have. I guess you talk about a bunch of topics. One I know that they loved talking about when I was at school was this concept of safe sex and all things like that. I want to present some ideas tonight and talk to you about a few things. And the first thing I want to talk to you about and show who's got what do they talk about in sex ed these days? Condoms, diseases. Have a guessing, guessing, yep. STDs, not STIs? Both of them, two different things. Body development. Yep. Parts of the body. Babies. Cankles. Ankles. Ankle slapping. Ankle slapper. Oh, babies. Oh, okay. Weird words and phrases that I've never heard before. You can give me an education here, Isaac. That's, that's amazing. Actually, we did sex ed when I was in year 11. They opened up with this activity to give slang words for sex and parts. 40 minutes later when the lesson was over, we were still going. So um, not the best way to introduce. So... I want, to talk to, I want to start tonight just talking this concept. I want to talk about the person who invented sex. And um, let me say this, it wasn't two teenagers behind the shed. It wasn't some guy and his, and his missus in the back seat of their car. It, it wasn't... Was it 
your grandparents. I, 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 I want to read this. God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. There we go. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish of the sea. The next slide. And God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. God made man and woman, said to them, go have babies. Or in other words, he said, hey, man and woman, what I want you to do is go have sex. And then he looked at it, and what did he say about it? Okay, this is the first thing I want you to understand here tonight. As a church, this is one thing we believe. Sex is good. Okay, sex is good. We'll get there. Just, you, just let, go on a ride. Go on a journey with me. You're doing very well tonight, ladies, actually. Compared to what it's been like in the past, you guys are doing fantastic. Let me say that. I, I want to say this. A lot of churches in the past have said this. Sex is dirty. Sex is rotten. Sex is evil. But let me understand this. You guys know. You've heard songs. You've seen movies. You've talked to friends. You understand sex is good. I'm not saying it's important. Now, here's the thing. The man who invented sex, that time he invented it, it wasn't just some people who were in a bed. It wasn't some physical act. It was romantic. Adam and Eve were there. Adam was looking for someone that he could spend his life with and companionship with. God put him to bed, made a woman out of his rib, and he's like, he honored her and went, you are the best creation God has made. You are the most wonderful woman. Come look at everything that God has given us to. It was, he honored her and respected her, and I'm getting ahead of myself, and that's something we'll talk about in the future. But let me say this. The first thing I want you to get, and we're going to say, is sex is good. Simple. Next thing I want to say is this, sex is valuable. Sex is valuable. There's a study six years ago of, of high school females, year 12 females. Out of the females there, 50% of them said that they'd had sex in the last six months. Out of that 50%, there was 70% of those girls said that they regretted an encounter that they'd had. 50% of university students surveyed said that they regretted a one-night stand or a, a, a hookup was the words that were used in the study for it. When I was at school, as I worked out today, which was before you all were born. Yeah, I had a, I had a bachelor with honours at that point. Am I the oldest here? Yeah. Yes. Lisa's nodding at me. That's rude. I'm old. Just, just, just know I'm older than you, okay? Okay. So here we go. When I was at school, people used to walk around and, and say, that, oh, you're a virgin. Dude, we can sort that out. We can take care of that. Some of you know, you walk around school and they're like, you got your V card still. That's okay. We can get rid of that for you. We'll sort it out, virgin card. 
It's a, no, it's not a card. It's not a card. You don't have one. Well, we need to talk. We need to talk. But here's, here's the thing with that. Essentially, they were saying you were broken if you hadn't had sex. Now, I, w- I want to give you a couple of lies tonight. Lie number one is that you're broken if you're a virgin. That is a lie. You're not broken if you're a virgin. Lie number two is that sex is cheap. Sex is not cheap. It is valuable. Now, to help you understand that point, I need to talk about something else first. Because most people think that, that sex is just all about our body. It's just physical. It's like when we walk through the zoo and we see monkeys. And there's monkeys running around and playing around. And all of a sudden, the monkeys start wrestling. And then 10 seconds later, they stop wrestling. And then as you get a bit older and you see the monkeys wrestling, you realize they weren't just wrestling. They, monkeys like bananas. And... Um, But see, I I need to illustrate a point to you, is that sex is not just your body. Okay, this is not just about our body. I I need a couple of guys to give me a hand. Michael, Daniel, can you grab me my tents from either side, please? I have tents. We're we're going camping at the moment. We're going camping. See, I, I need you to understand tonight that you are more than your body. I need my tents. Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Oh, actually, let's do them up here. Let's put the tents up here. Let's put them where we can see. Put them up here. Put them up here. Okay, we've got a couple of tents here. Here we go. No, you're not hopping in a tent. See, a lot of people tell you that, that this, this word, all it is is about your body and, and, and feeling good in your body. They tell you that all, all it is, and, and the only merging is when two bodies come together, and they merge, and then they separate, and there's no issues. Now, that might be okay for monkeys, but I can tell you this, I'm not a monkey. You're not a monkey. Okay, we're, we're a few different things. See, we have more than a body. We are a spirit. God's created us as a spirit person. We're going to live forever. And I hope that's going to be with Jesus for you. I hope it's going to be eternity in heaven. But we're a spirit. Now, our spirit, it has somewhere that it lives. In a body. I am a spirit. I live in a body. And I have... You guys are good. Got a soul. This is this is my soul here. In your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. We'll get to that. So I am a spirit. I have a soul, and I live in a body. So when I merge with someone else, it's not just my body merging. All of a sudden. My soul connects with their soul. And bits from my soul go into their soul. 
And so if we're separated, that's, no, it's not body, it's soul. This is internal stuff. If we're separated, all of a sudden, there's something that goes off. Now, if we just get in relation with each other, if we are just in a, in a relationship, boyfriend, girlfriend, or, or we're just friends, you know that there's a connection that happens. There's part of not just, there's part of your heart that goes out to that person. My pop passed away eight years ago. And um, I was really close to my pop. He was a champion bloke. He was absolutely awesome. And I was just really broken and sad that I never get to see him again. I get to see him. You guys might have had someone pass away in your life and you understand that grief. When we break up from a relationship, the grief can feel like that. There's like part of us that gets stripped away. It's more than just not being around them. There's part of us inside. Now, what happens is I'm told that when there's more than just a relationship, when there's sex that goes on within that as well, it hurts even more. Because that sex, it creates a connection between the souls. And you try and separate that, and it's not easy. And so you've got you to take effort and time to break those things apart. And it's not just something that's simple or, or something that heals easy. But it takes time and it hurts. And the edges hurt. And, and some people, they do that and they do it a few times and over and over and they find what's left of who they are has gotten less and less of what they have to give. But maybe people over and over actually find an easier way to separate. They find it easier to separate and so that next time it just gets easier, but it doesn't mean that there's any more of themselves left over. So it doesn't matter how easy that gets, there's still part of you that, that gets left off. talking about our souls connecting with someone else. I'm talking about the fact that when we have sex with someone, there's more than just our bodies merge, but there's something inside us that merges with them, and there is a pain that gets left off when those things break up. It's, it's not just as simple as things are going to be okay with that. But let me say this, sex is valuable. You are valuable. You're valuable. You won't understand that your, your relationships and your sexuality is valuable unless you understand this point. You are valuable. The Bible says that you were purchased with the most precious substance in the entire universe. Jesus gave his entire life and body and pain and poured out his blood from his body to pay for you. Maybe you don't understand how precious you are. See, a lot of people... They treat their, their relationships and they treat their sexuality like something that's cheap. This is a car I had when I was seven. It's a bit broken and a steering wheel. and it, We don't keep it at home anymore. We let the kids of Kids Church trash this thing. We let the Mops kids trash this thing. I don't care if it gets dropped around. I really don't care if it gets kicked. But 
I, I want to introduce you to my holy grail. This is Metroplex. When I was seven, a lot happened when I was seven, I looked up on the shelf of my fossies. You don't know what a fossies is. It, 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 it's a shop. I looked up on the top shelf and I had a Metroplex there. I said, Mom, can we buy it? And she said, no, I went back when I had the money to buy it and it was gone. I, I, five years ago, they came back on sale. And I got one. My sons want to play with this. No. You want to play with it. No. This is precious and valuable. I am not going to let some snotty-nosed teenager touch it. You are not coming near it. it. Lisa, when she brought it here, understood this. She put it in her car and her first thought was to put a seatbelt around it. To protect it. She understands the value. Now, here's the thing. In our lives, we understand what's valuable. We know how to treat things with value. But most of us, most of us don't see intimacy as valuable. We, we don't understand the value. See, that word valuable comes from this concept, values. It comes from a word, values. I just want to talk quickly about them. Let's, let's use a whiteboard. I like whiteboards. They are fun. I, I want you to tell me a little bit. Oh, this is, this is not good. Where do you guys get your values from? Where do you guys... What influences your family? Family. Sorry about my handwriting. Pasta. What else influences your values? Call out. I'm not going. I'm not a teacher. I don't respond to hands. Okay, I'm going to need to do hands because I can't hear you all. Friends. Thank you. Up the back. Right. Sorry. Morals. Morals and values. Probably the same thing. True. Bible, you guys have been good Christians. Start thinking right on what's actually been influencing you. Fun, what is fun will influence. So your experiences. Tom. Internet. Sean. Alcohol. So um, substance. It is. Alcohol is a solution. Sorry? Beer. Media. Media would be news or stories or celebrities. Brownie. Memes. I'm going to group that with media and the net. I've got to write memes. Okay. Memes. Music. YouTube. There we go. Movies. Okay. Let me say this. Okay. Lots of things that influence. You understand. You understand. 
Have you guys considered what you let establish your values? I, I did a search. You know there are YouTube videos that have been viewed three billion times? No, Psy. Psy Gundam Style is the number one viewed YouTube video of all time. Out of YouTube videos, top 75 viewed videos, 74 of them, all except number 37, which is a compilation of Indian kids' music. <laughs> 74 of them are songs. The top YouTube videos are music. And you guys are going, yeah, that makes sense. So what I did is I pulled up the lyrics of the number one song at the moment... Ed Sheeran, Shape of You. Have you guys actually listened to what he's singing? Okay, let me just make sure. Okay, okay, I, I just want quiet now. Don't sing. I don't want singing. I don't want to know that you know this song. Ah, ah, ah. Okay, okay. No, serious. I just want to make sure. Drinking fast, then we talk slow. Come over and start up a conversation with me. I'll give it a chance now. Take my hand. Stop. We start to dance. Girl, you know I want your love. Say, boy, let's not talk. Grab my waist and put that body on me. In love with the shape of you, we push and pull like a magnet. My heart is falling. I'm in love with your body. Last night you were in my room and my bed sheets smell like you. So let me understand what is this song saying about sex? No. It is saying it is cheap. As soon as you meet someone, take them home and that's it. Let's not talk. Let's just get our bodies together. It is saying, trying to tell us that we do not have a soul, that there is nothing else other than two bodies that we're monkeys. Ed Sheeran may as well be singing, you're a monkey. Have a banana. Third top song at the moment. Ah, I know you know it. This is scaring me more and more that you know it. Been sitting eyes wide open behind these four walls, hoping you'd call. It's just a cruel existence. There's no point hoping. I don't want to live. I'll be living in vain. I just want to keep calling your name until you come back home. So what this song is saying is I have no value unless you're in my world. I have no value unless I'm in a relationship. I have no value other than what you put on me. I don't know if you've ever sat back and listened to what this does. Now, I was told seven years ago, teenagers spent six and a half hours on technology a day. All you guys go, that's garbage because you spend at least 12 Earbuds in, some of you not, that's great on your parents. 
Most of you have phones, internet going on, music going on all the time. Some people will try and tell me, I don't let any, I decide my own values. If you have music and movies and shows, you are listening to what those authors are saying all the time, and they are shaping this. They are setting what you value, what you view, how you feel about things. You are letting some dude that you don't even know, some old fella sitting over in Hollywood, tell you how to feel. See, the world says a few things. It says for us to enjoy life, we've got to have the most sex possible, and that's limitless. No boundaries, just got to sort it out. It, it says that if you're single, you're broken, that sex is cheap, that your value is what you look like, that people, if they want a relationship with you, they've got two seconds to decide, depending on what your picture says and what little words you put about yourself. Sex is limitless. There's no commitment, no age, no gender. Now, let me say this. I want to drop something on you and that you need to get. You have to understand that. I'll answer later, man. I've got to talk. You have to understand this point. The world does not exist to fulfill your sexuality. This planet has not been made to... You're feeling cold, man. You want the air down. Is that what you're saying? You're chilly. You're cold. I'm, I'm like sweating up here. That's weird. Your sexuality exists to fulfill your purpose in God. That's all good. Your sexuality exists to fulfill your purpose in God. See... Relationships, if I went through all the top songs, pretty much all of them are about relationships. All about sex and relationships. It's, it's like... Yeah. I have no idea who that is. Okay. You can later. Not now. Okay. So here's, here's the go. Here's the go. In our world... We spend so much emotion, so much time, so much effort. Our movies, our music are about it. The things we talk about at school and sit down and talk about who likes who and who's going out with who and this person's asked this person to the funeral and um, I got my shoes and I almost said funeral and it's formal. And um, what did I go to when I was at school? The things we invest our money into, blokes. Women are expensive, let me say that. Our world seems to revolve around relationships and our sexuality, yet we do not prepare and we do not invest. We do not get ready for this. You spend a lot of time learning how to read, learning how to count. When you're 16, you're going to get this little card that's going to let you learn how to drive so you can prepare and get ready to be a freedom on the road. Alex is ready. He is getting excited for this. He is set. Now, let me say this. What I'm talking to you about tonight, I haven't just got up here and started talking. This is stuff that I have been preparing since I was 15. This is stuff I've been preparing for 20 years. 
This is the message I've been working on for 20 years. This is stuff I've been sitting down all day on, looking at for weeks, looking back at, stuff that has been forming inside me. I've been spending time getting prepared for this. And yet when it comes to our sexuality, most people don't prepare other than to have a, a beer or 50. Most people don't have time that they sit and actually think and prepare and sow into what their relationships is. See, this is a decision that we should make, not in the spur of a moment. This is the decision that we need to make when we've actually got our mind together. Now, I mentioned before that our soul, it had a few things inside it. I've got my soul here. And... Um, And, and so, and I, I need someone to come. George, can you come and wipe, wipe this off? I've got some spray and some paper back there. I've got a few things in my soul box here. I've got, I got some emotions going on. I've got some emotions going on in, in, my, in my soul box over here. I've got, I got some emotions that are happening. Can you hold up? It, 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 it's fine there. That's not my emotions, actually. This one's my emotions. That one's a bit small. There's my emotions. There's my emotions. So I've got some emotions. I've got some things that are actually deep in my heart. This is my will. This is the things I've considered and I've actually spent time working out and, and placed deep into my heart. And these are the things I value. And I've got a mind, a thing that makes decisions. Now, Magic 8 Balls, don't ever make decisions with Magic 8 Balls, but it was the best thing I could find for an illustration tonight, okay? I would rather a brain right now, something that you're thinking about. Questions are going to be not tonight. We'll, we'll, we'll get to them later, man. So I've got, I got three things. I've got my mind going on up here. I've got my will over here. My mind just fell apart. It's broke. And, 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 and over here, I've got my emotions. So I've got mind, will, and emotions. Now, when it comes to making a decision, when it comes to actually doing something, I actually need a majority of these three to do that thing. There is this little council going on inside me. There is something going on inside my soul that's tugging at each other. I need my mind to make a decision between my emotions and my will. Now, if I haven't made a decision with my will... If I actually haven't settled on something, if I haven't spent the time considering it and thinking about it and letting something influence me, the only thing I've got to operate on is, how do I feel right now? There's some pretty lady that comes up to me, and she smiles, and she winks at me, and all of a sudden, my heart skips a beat. She thinks I'm pretty. She likes me. All of a sudden, I'm going to get to a point where my emotions start taking control. Where I'm like, I just want to be with this person, this relationship. When I was 18, 
I had this girl, she was a Christian, she started liking me. I thought, this is really cool, this must be what God wants, and so we started dating. I went, okay. I'm not, no. So we started dating for a while, after three weeks she breaks up with me. Oh. A little while later I find out that it was good because she was sleeping with a boyfriend two weeks later than that. If I had to listen to, I just listened to my emotions that day because I hadn't settled enough in my will. I know people that, that hang out and, and all of a sudden someone likes them. It feels nice. And so they've got this choice. Their mind's trying to make a choice, but they haven't spent time in their will. But what if we actually spend time setting values? We allow values to influence us and we make a decision going, my, my relationships and my sexuality are going to be dictated by God. They're actually used for his purposes. Then when we get into a situation where that pretty girl winks at us and smiles at us, blokes, and, um, or, or that, that cute guy smiles and winks at you and buys you flowers and chocolate, then we've got a choice because we're getting tug of war here and our mind needs to settle on where we're going. So I want to say to you this, what are you going to sow in and what are you going to let speak to your values and set up in your values? Are you going to just keep listening to the same old music, Ed Sheeran, and let him be the one that dictates to you how you view relationships? Is that what you're going to set up? You need to make a decision and sow into this. I started sowing in when I was 15. I started feeding into my marriage and my relationship when I was 15. I made a decision with my will that my sexuality and my sex was going to be for my wife and her alone. I want to throw a couple of things up really quick. We're going to throw some some Bible verses up and and speak about, because I want to say to you this, I want you to let God dictate your values. We read this before. God created them human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. And God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. He said it was good. Value number one is this. God will meet your need for intimacy. God will meet your loneliness. God will fulfill that hole in your life where you feel lonely. And you just want someone to wrap you. And there's cold nights and when you're feeling down, you just want someone to wrap your arms with. God's promise is he will fulfill that. I know he does. I know he does. Second thing is this. Our sexuality is created to serve God's purposes. It's not there just so you feel good. It's there so you can actually bless God and actually fulfill your purpose. Number three, we said it before, value, sex is good. I want to read this one. This is something I really need to get through to you tonight. I've got like five minutes. Here we go. Regarding your questions you asked, yes, it is good to abstain from sex because there is so much immorality, things outside my plan. Each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. I wish everyone were single just as I am. I say to those who aren't married, it is better to stay unmarried. In my opinion, it would be better for them to be single. Let me say this. This is something that the world does not agree with. But here we hold this value. Being single is brilliant. You know, you know so many places, so many places say this. When you're single, you're broken. No. Nah. Being single is brilliant. Paul sat there and said to the Corinthians, this is the best thing you could do. Why? Because you can serve God better. Because you can actually fulfill 
purpose for your life. So let me say to this, you might be here tonight and you're not in a relationship. You are awesome. You are brilliant. That is absolutely fantastic and I celebrate that and that is wonderful. Second thing we get from this, sex is for one man, one woman in marriage only to the exclusion of all others. This is the boundaries of it. Bible sets it very clearly. It is when you get married, you stand in front of a minister, friends and family, exchange rings, that's when it can start. I'll say a couple of other things. Proverbs 31 says this, A wife brings her husband good, not harm, all the days of her life. Here's a value for you. Let's set in. Prepare for great relationship and sex now. You might be 12 in this room. Let me say this. Who's, who's 12? Anyone in here who's 12? 11. Mark is 12. Okay, 13, 11, 17. Build into your relationships now. Let me say this. Great sex starts now. Before you've ever met your husband or your wife, it starts now. Because of the values and the decisions that you make to keep it still. Because sex outside God's order has consequences. I'm not going to talk about that tonight. We don't have time. I wish I could. One thing is this. And the simple one is this. Who here wants to have kids already? Who wants to be a mum and dad? Who here needs to still be parented by a mum or dad? <laughs> yeah. Easy way, easiest way to not have children? Don't have sex. Number 10. I'm not going to get to the rest of this. Purity pleases God. I, 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 there's nothing I want more for you guys than to make a decision to be in relationship with Jesus. After that, making a decision to live a pure life would be right up there. I, I, I wish I could instill everything into you. I'm going to give you guys a challenge. I'm going to email and send letters home to your parents about this. But um, in two weeks' time, in church, on Sunday morning on the 26th, what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you guys to come along and make a, a declaration. I'm going to invite you guys to come join me and stand before our church and stand before your friends and your family. And I almost fell over. But, but I'm going to invite you to make this, this commitment. And I know you've only started talking about this and started thinking, and I don't want you to make it tonight because I want you to think about it. And I want it to settle in your heart, and I want you to take time and really mean it so you can live it. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to give you some skills and some clues how to live it. And some of you guys might have felt like you've broken this already. That's all right, because you can have a fresh start from today. That's what Jesus is. And it says this, believing that true love waits... I make a commitment to God, I make a commitment to myself, my family, my friends, my future mate, and my future children, to a lifetime pursuit of purity, including sexual abstinence, from this day until the day I enter, or may never enter. You know, if, you, if God's called you to a life of singleness, I celebrate that, and that is brilliant, until the day I enter a marriage relationship. You know... 11 years ago, I looked like that. And my wife looked just as good that day as she does right now. I know, I, I, I was batting above my average there, that's for sure. And um, 
But I, I'm going to say this. When I was 16, I preached my first ever sermon. I was standing in the courtyard of my library at school, public school, Maroochee State High School, 1,800 students. I was talking to one of my friends how I'd made a decision to keep my life and my sexuality pure for my wife. We were making this discussion. I looked up and all of a sudden there were 65 kids standing around me listening to me talk about sexual purity. That was the decision. I, I went on. I told you about a relationship I had when I was 18. We, we started dating. In that one, I, there was the chance. Two weeks later, she was having sex with someone else. I could have ended up there. A little while later, I met a girl. Not Suze. We started dating. We got engaged. We, we really felt close to each other. Let me say this. There are times when the emotions make you have to make a decision against what you will. And my mind had to kick in. And I made the decision that I was going to agree with my will. We broke up. We never got married. Some people say, but I love them so much. And, and we're going to get married. And it's all pure. Less than 14% of relationships in high school last more than one year. You might be dating in this place. There might be 10 relationships in this place. I'm going to say this. One of you will last more than a year. I'm not being negative. I'm just being statistical. <laughs> Caleb? We're talking, we're talking high school here. We're talking high school. It's okay. Um, Susan and I met. We did life together for 18 months, 14 months. Hung out together for a while. We stood in front of each other that day. I looked at her with complete trust, with complete confidence that she will never leave me or hurt me because I looked at her and I knew she had never been with anyone else and I knew I'd never been with anyone else and I knew there was nothing that she carried into there. But you might say, oh yeah, but why would you do that because 50% of relationships end up in divorce anyway? 95% of relationships where husband and wife are virgins when they get married stay together for life. You want to sow into your life a relationship that will last? Keep yourself pure for it. We looked into each other. I can guarantee this. We love each other more today than we did that day. We enjoy each other more today than we did that day. Our friendship is stronger today than it was that day. Our trust is stronger today than it was that day. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll have our fourth child together. So I'm going to invite you. Consider a pledge. We'll put the pledge up on our, on our Facebook page. Look at it there. Consider it. We'll put these scriptures up on the Facebook page and these values up over the weekend. By Monday, they will be there. What, what it looks like is in two weeks' time on Sunday morning, I'm going to invite you to come, bring your family support, dress up nice. We're going to, we're going to love on you and, and celebrate you that day. And I said before, I used to wear a ring around uni. That was my true love weights ring. That was the one that I stood in front of the church and I made a pledge just like this. And I put that ring on that day, knowing that I'd keep myself for my wife and it became hers on that day. What are you doing with your hair? That's, that's gross. So that's there. We're going to keep talking about some things, questions in that next couple of weeks. If you've got questions, shh. <laughs> write them down, put them down, put them somewhere, email me, Facebook me, and I will check it at some point. Find me on there. And um, we will get there. Let me pray for you. 
Let me pray for you. Stand with me, please. Stand with me. Father, we just thank you that, Lord, the area of relationships was your idea. Lord, you created it. You created us. Even in this period where it's sort of awkward and we go through that word that was mentioned before, which I find really uncomfortable, puberty. And uh, Lord, we, we seem to be a bit off and we don't really understand it, but you made us in this time. And so we recognize that our relationships and our intimacy and our heart is yours. Father, I ask for these young people that you would keep them on track for you. Lord, help them to live a life like I did and, and making that commitment, Father, and, and I stuck to it from the day I made it for 10 years until that day I stood before my wife. And so I asked for the same diligence inside them and tenacity inside them and protection as they face a world, Lord, which is trying to yell at them through three billion voices, through lyrics of songs, through every other thing that comes in front of them, that that this is cheap. But Lord, we recognize that, Lord, our relationships and our sexuality is so valuable. So we, we commit to give it time and to give it consideration and to let you be the one that speaks into our heart. Holy Spirit, right now I'd ask that you would speak and that you would speak into these young people's hearts and they wouldn't make a decision based on emotions but based on will, based on consideration, based on the fact that they're making a choice for future. And Lord, all the things that I haven't been able to say tonight, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to them and you would impart into their hearts and you would set up and that they would really consider what's going on. So, Lord, let your glory and let your love and let your strength rest and reign in them all, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Did you? Yeah. Ask Jesus instead. Right, cool. Back this week. Sweet, so we are over time. Bus list is Charlie, Braden, Justin. Danny, Keita, Alex, Prue, Maxine, Sky, Isabella, Katie, Matthew, Sean, the Ram. Um, if you're on the bus, you're heading out the door there. Riggs is your driver. We love you. Thank you so much for coming out. Have an amazing week. We'll see you Sunday. If not, we'll see you next Friday. Have a blessed week. You'd be blessed if you see me. You'd be possibly even more blessed if you don't. Probably not. Let's be real. I love you guys. Have a good one. Farewell. Thank you. That was nice.